This is the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast, coming to you from the heart of Honolulu, Hawaii. Hui Kala is a dynamic family of faith committed to solid Bible teaching, discipleship, and helping you grow in your faith. Grab your Bible and prepare to dig deep into the Word with Pastor Anthony King. Deuteronomy chapter 28 is where we're going to be at today. Deuteronomy 28. If you're a guest with us here today, again, let me say thank you so much for coming. We do this every single Sunday, really. Uh, we have a couple of special treats that we're going to give you today on your way out. But other than that, uh, we do this every single Sunday. We gather together. We sing songs about Jesus. Uh, we hear teaching from the Bible that will help us to live a better life. Uh, and then we uh, spend some time together hanging out with our church family. And then we head out. Uh, we go home. So uh, I would invite you, if you're a guest with us here today, come back next Sunday. Uh, come this week on a Wednesday night. We have our small groups that meet. It's a great way to get to know other people in our church and to learn the Bible and to study the Bible together with other, other folks in our church. And uh, even if you say, well, I don't really know a lot about the Bible, all the more reason for you to come. And so uh, we'd be delighted if you would be our guest, uh, not just today, uh, but at any point uh, throughout the week uh, and also next weekend as well. Uh, right now on Sunday mornings, we're going through a series entitled Affliction, Suffering and the Sovereignty of God. Just because you follow God and you follow his guidelines doesn't mean that everything in your life works out perfectly. You will still go through difficulties. You will still go through trials. Uh, you will still go through temptation and very, very difficult times. But the difference for us as Christians is that we have the Bible to tell us how to go through those times. And we have the promises of God at our disposal uh, at all times. And so uh, if you haven't heard any of the messages so far, you can always listen to our podcast online or uh, download the Who We Call it app to your phone or your tablet uh, and get caught up that way. But uh, next week, we're going to pick back up in our series entitled Affliction. And we're just going to take a look at what the Bible says about going through difficult times. Deuteronomy chapter 28 in your Bibles, if you would, this morning. We're not going to read the whole chapter uh, because it's pretty long, but we could read the whole chapter because kind of what we're talking about today encompasses the entire chapter. And basically, I'm going to give you a synopsis before we jump into it. Here's the idea behind this passage. God says, now, uh, again, back up a little bit. God is talking to the children of Israel. This is found in the Old Testament. The Old Testament was a part of the Bible that was written before Jesus came to earth. And so God's writing to a group of people that he has called his people, the children of Israel. And he's told them, guys, I've got some very simple rules that I need you to follow. And if you follow them, you'll be blessed. Very easy. But if you don't do what I tell you to do, you're not going to be blessed. The opposite is going to take place. You're going to be cursed. And it's going to be really ugly. And so God lays out before him in black and white, very simple, very plain, do what I tell you to do, you'll be blessed. Don't follow what I say, you'll be cursed. And so that's kind of the, uh, the idea behind this passage as we read through it. Uh, we'll take a look at some of that. We're gonna read through to about verse 15 and skim some other verses uh, throughout the rest of this passage and then jump into the message this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 28, starting verse number one, and it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God and observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Hey, just do what I said diligently, and I'm gonna put you head and shoulders above everybody else. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. These blessings aren't just gonna come on over you, they're gonna swallow you up. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, blessed shalt thou be in the field, blessed shalt the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, and thy flock, and thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket, and thy store. Blessed shall be the, when thou comest in. Blessed shalt thou be when you goest out. Hey, everything that you have is gonna be blessed. Your kids are gonna be blessed. If you have cows, your cows are gonna be blessed. That's how good this is. Uh, if you buy stuff, the things that you buy are gonna be blessed. Verse number seven, the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and shall flee before thee seven ways. Hey, if somebody comes after you, they're gonna run with their tail tucked between their legs and I, God is going to utterly destroy anybody who would do harm against you. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and all thou settest thine hand to and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if 
thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee. The Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods and the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy ground and the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give to thee. And the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure and to give the rain upon the land in his season and shall bless the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations and shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only and shalt not be beneath. That if thou shalt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day, and observe to do them. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left, or to go after other gods to serve them. He says here, he says, just do what I asked you to do, and you're to be blessed. Don't deviate to the left side don't deviate to the right side just stay on track stay on point and you'll be blessed above measure and i think anybody who looks at this passage goes hey give me some of that i want that kind of blessing on my life like everything i do will be blessed and if anybody rises up against me god's going to put them down and, and i'm not just going to be blessed my kids are going to be blessed and, and anything that i own will be blessed and that God's gonna set me head and shoulders above everybody else, not so that I can be looked at as how great I am, but so that God can be made great in my own life. That would be awesome. But verse 15 takes a little bit of a turn. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, if you don't do what God says, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city, cursed shalt thou be in the field, cursed shalt thy basket and thy store, cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land and the increase of thy kind and the flocks and the, and the sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Do you see what's happening here? He's taking the exact opposite of the things he was gonna bless you with and now you're cursed in all these ways. But here's the thing, it doesn't stop there. If you, if you just flip through the book of Deuteronomy here, you see that there's uh, 68 verses in this. The first 14 verses say, you're gonna be blessed if you do what I tell you to do. The next 54 verses are all cursings. If you don't obey me, it's gonna be bad. Not bad, but like really, really, really bad. Like you don't even want to know how bad it is it's funny, people sometimes say, well, the Bible's so hard to understand, I don't get it, and stuff like that. So things are very clear. If you wanna skip down to uh, verse number 25, and the Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go one way against them and shall flee seven ways and shall be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. And thy carcass shall be the meat unto all the fowls of the air and the beasts of the earth and no man shall fray them away. <laughs> this is great, I love the Bible. Verse 27, the Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with the emeralds. Anybody know what that word means? Hemorrhoids. You're gonna get hemorrhoids. And not just hemorrhoids, hemorrhoids with a scab and with an itch, whereof thou cannot be healed. Hey, look, if you wanna mess with my cows, that's one thing, but you wanna give me itching, scabby hemorrhoids that I can't get any relief from, that's a different level of cursing, wouldn't you say? The Bible's a fascinating book. Verse number 30, thou shalt betroth the wife and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard and not get the grapes thereof. Hey, you're gonna get married and some other guy's gonna sleep with your wife. You're gonna build a house that you'll never even get to live in. You're gonna have plant a vineyard and you'll never even be able to taste of the grapes. Why would God do this? Because you didn't do what I told you to do. So it's very, very simple. Do what God tells me to do, I'll be blessed. Go against what God tells me to do, I'm gonna be cursed. Now, this was written to the children of Israel, and again, the context of it is a little bit different, but the principle applies today. If you follow what God says to do, I promise you this, you'll be blessed. If you disobey what God tells you to do, I promise you, try as you might, it will not come together, and you will be cursed. Simple as that. When it comes to life, very important thought I want you to get this morning. Your direction determines your destination. I know this sounds really, really simple. I know this, you're like, yeah, no kidding. But this is deep. Think about it this way. 
I love Hawaii. I love, love living in Honolulu. There's no place in the world I'd rather live. But every now and then I miss a good road trip. Anybody else with me on like missing a good road trip? You know, you get on the, the road and you're driving down the freeway and you see a pilot or a flying J and they got those hot dogs or the pizza that's been left out in the warmer for like 12 hours and you're like, ah, should I or shouldn't I? And they got the, the drink machines, you know, where you get a 64 ounce drink with the crunchy ice and you can put like the cherry syrup in there. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, love that stuff. And every now and then the, the, the heavens part and the, the sun shines down upon that uh, brutal stretch of freeway and you see the big yellow sign in the distance that says Waffle House. And you say, God bless America. <laughs> Scattered, smothered, covered, chunked. God bless America, right? I, I miss a good road trip every now and then. But think about this. We're going, to, uh, we're going to take a road trip together. We're going to land at Los Angeles International Airport. We're landing at LAX. And we're going to take a road trip. And we're going to go to Seattle, Washington, right? Uh, because we don't get enough clouds and overcast and rainy weather here. So we're going to go to Seattle together, right? And so we're going to get uh, on, out of our, our, on our rental car, and we're going to get on the freeway, and we're going to get on the 10 east, and we're just going to drive. And we're going to drive like nobody's driven before. We're going to crank up the tunes. We're going to roll down the windows, and we're just going to go to Seattle. How many of you have ever been on the 10 east before? Where would you end up if you stay on the 10 east forever? Arizona? That'll be a good start. Where do you get if you keep going on the 10 east? Jacksonville, Florida, right? But we're going. We're going to Seattle. We're just going to have a good time. The 10 East, there's a lot of Waffle Houses on the 10 East. There's even, get this, there's even Cracker Barrels on the 10 East, right? I think it's Kingman, Arizona is the first one that you'll hit uh, as you travel. Not that I would know or anything. But we're just going to cruise until we get to Seattle. How long will it be until we get to Seattle? You'll never make it. But we have really good intentions. We're just really sincere about the path that we're taking. Will we get to, to Seattle on the 10 East? No. Well, he's a really good guy. And eventually it'll all work out for him, right? No. Because your direction determines your destination. If I want to get to Seattle, I've got to pull out of LAX and probably sit in the 405 for a minute until I can get to the 5. And I'm going to go on the 5. Somebody help me. North. And where will it take me? It takes me through eventually all the way up to Blaine, Washington. If you've never been to Blaine, Washington before, there's absolutely nothing there. Uh, but uh, if I stay on the 5 North, I'll eventually make it to Seattle. What's the difference? The direction, it makes all the difference in the world. Your life is exactly the same way. The direction that you are headed determines where you're, you're going to wind up. You want blessings on your life? Your direction will determine whether you get blessings or cursings. Does that make sense? It's all about the direction that you're headed. If you've heard somebody say before, well, you know, he's just a really good guy. It's all gonna work out for him because he's a good guy. Good guys can get on the 10 East headed to Jacksonville and they'll never make it to Seattle, ever. But he's really sincere. That's fine. He's never going to make it to where he's going. But would he really wind up in the wrong place if he follows all the rules? Maybe he, he never breaks the speed limits. Maybe he always throws his garbage away. Maybe he even sorts and recycles. Would he really not wind up where he wants to go? It's not a matter of how you get there. It's a matter of the direction that you take. And God's the exact same way. I don't know anybody here that would want God's curses upon their life. I don't know anybody here who everything you do would blow up in your face in a magnificent way and you'd be okay with that. I think all of us want blessings. All of us want God to do good for us. And God says if you want that, you've got to follow the right path. When I was a kid, I used to love, I, I hated reading, hated reading, but there were two books that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed reading The Hardy Boys, I enjoyed reading Encyclopedia Brown. And then the third category was the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Did you ever read those before? Those were so much fun. I think we got a photo of one of them uh, here. It's uh, Dinosaurs in Space. Hello. But does anybody, has anybody ever not read a Choose Your Own Adventure book? Here's what, oh, dude, you're missing out. You should order one on Amazon this afternoon. If you have Amazon Prime and you live in Hawaii, it'll be here in about three weeks. 
But that's beside the point. Choose your own adventure is awesome because you, you read it along in this story and then you come to a place where you have to make a decision. You're walking down uh, the road at night and no cars on the road. You hear something in the alley over to the left and you look down that way. Turn to page 44 to walk down the alley. Turn to page 57 to keep walking straight. And then you turn like, well, I want to walk down the alley. So you turn to whatever page it is and you start and the, the story picks up there. As you walk down the alley, you, you hear muffled voices in the distance. And you're just like, ooh, what's going to happen? And so then you get to a point where you have to make another decision. And, and where you wind up is based on the decisions that you made throughout the book. And here's what happens sometimes. You turn to page 47 because you want to walk down the alley and you realize it's about two paragraphs long because you died in the alley. <laughs> like, well, that stinks. And so then if you're a cheater like I was, you just go back, you go, okay, that was a bad decision. I'll start over again. Right? <laughs> I'll keep walking straight. I'm not going to go down the alley this time. I'm just going to keep walking straight, right? And the story unfolds based on the decisions that you make. And it's fascinating stuff to read. Hey, how about this? What if the place you are today was simply a sum total of all the decisions that you've ever made in your life up to this point? What about that? You're sitting here today with whatever you have in life because of the decisions that you've made up to this point. That's what the Bible says. We're a sum total of the decisions that we make. And hey, how about this? If I want God's blessings, what if it's a matter of just making better decisions? I'm here today because when I was in high school, I realized I didn't want to go to college. My parents couldn't afford to send me to college. I didn't want to go into student loan debt and stuff like that. And so uh, me and my buddy decided to join the Air Force because we heard it was easy. Apologies to all my Air Force friends, okay? Uh, but I heard it. And so we go to the Air Force recruiter's office, and they're closed. And the Navy recruiter's right across the hall. And he goes, hey, guys, come over here. It's all the same. <laughs> oh. Okay. So we went over there because it's all the same, right? And so, uh, <laughs> hmm, going to find out. Not all the same. Uh, and so uh, about uh, 45 minutes later, we walk out with our signed papers for the delayed entry program to uh, go to boot camp right out of high school. And so we, I joined the Navy right out of high school. Uh, and I look back at that, and I realized that was a pivotal point in my life. I was a senior in high school, halfway through my senior year, right before Christmas. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And I thought, I'll give this a shot. It's the quickest way out of a, my hometown of 4,000 people in uh, a redneck town in Kentucky. Quickest way out, join the military, uh, and everything be taken care of. And if you give $100 a month for the first year that you're in, you get $14,400 for college. Wow, that's a lot of money, <laughs> says someone who's never looked at tuition prices in America, Right? But it was a great idea at the time. And so I, I joined the military right out of high school. And that one decision, as a 17-year-old kid, set forth a chain of events in my life that brought me to the point where I'm at today. I sat before the guy at the, the Military Entrance Processing Center, MEPS. And he says, hey, here's two jobs for you. And I said, well, what's the difference? And he says, they're all pretty much the same. <laughs> okay. For the Navy guys, you know, choose your rate, choose your fate. Uh, and I said, this one looks cool. And he goes, yeah, that, that'll be great for you. Uh, and I said, okay. So I'll go back and talk to my recruiter. He says, he said, what'd you choose? And I go, they've got this thing where you go out and you try a bunch of different jobs and you kind of get to pick whichever one you want. And he goes, did you sign up for undesignated? I go, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. And for those of you that don't know anything about that, basically you have no job because you get no schooling and you do everything that nobody else wants to do. You chip paint, you, you scrub pots and pans and stuff like that, and they make it out like you're trying everything out. You're not trying anything out. And so my recruiter, one of the only good things that he ever did for me, he goes, go back in and pick something else. And I said, okay. So I went and picked something else and didn't know what it was, and I, I picked it. Ended up getting uh, my schooling in Pensacola, Florida. Ended up getting out of schooling there and staying in Pensacola, Florida as support staff. While I was in Pensacola, I met the love of my life, my wife, Angela. We got married in Destin, Florida. They were on the Gulf Coast and moved to, to Honolulu like maybe four weeks later. And that decision set forth a chain of events in my life that brought me up to here where I'm standing today. So what if finding success in life? What if having success in life was just about making better decisions? 
What if it was just a matter of I need to change my decision-making process? What if it's a matter of I just need to make better choices? Hey, that's exactly what the Bible says. Just make better choices. Great. I'm going to start tomorrow trying to make better choices. How do we do that? God gives us his guidelines to help us to make better choices. When it comes to making good choices, God has one condition. Just do what I've said. That's it. It's really simple. Just do what I said. Deuteronomy 28, he tells the exact same thing to the children of Israel. Everything that I've said, follow it. He doesn't just say follow it. He says follow it diligently. That's why for our church, we are a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. We believe that the Bible has all the answers. Hey, you want to know about raising kids? The Bible tells you about that. You want to learn about how to have a fruitful dating relationship? The Bible tells you that. You want to hear about how to have a, a blessed marriage? The Bible tells you that. You want to hear about how to be a good employee in the workplace? The Bible tells you how to do that. You want to find out how to be a good boss to the people that you lead? The Bible tells you how to do that. You want to find out how to get along better with your neighbor? The Bible tells you how to do that. Even that neighbor that puts up their Christmas lights in like October and then doesn't take them down to like April or May, you can even get along better with that neighbor based on what the Bible tells you. What if, what if the Bible has all of the answers for life. Wouldn't that be something? God says, it does. And that's why I've given it to you. And if the Bible has all the answers that you and I need for life, then we need to become students of the Bible. I need to know what the Bible says. Because God has one condition, just do what I said. And he has one promise. You'll be blessed. If you do what I say, you'll be blessed. Now, it's important that we define what blessed looks like, okay? Blessed does not mean uh, that you have more money than you know what to do with. Blessed does not mean that you drive uh, a fancy car. Blessed does not mean that you live in a house that everybody else envies. Blessed does not mean that uh, all of your kids wear matching clothes, they never argue, they never pull each other's hair, and they get into the best school that you've ever wanted to go to. That's not what blessed means. Blessed means having something inside of you that you cannot buy, like love, like joy, like peace, like goodness. Those things, only God can give those things. Hey, any knucklehead that can sign up for a loan can get a fancy car. Where do you find love? Oh, there's probably an app you can download that, right? No, you can't. Where do you find joy? I don't know. Can you buy contentment? Mm, I don't think so. Where do we find those things? We find them from God and we find the path to them through his word, the Bible. God says in Deuteronomy, same book, verse number 11, the verses here in your notes. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse, a blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you'll not obey the commandments of the Lord God, but aside turn out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you've not known. Hey, your choice. Blessing, curse. You pick. Follow what God says, bless. Go your own way, do your own thing, you'll be cursed. Totally up to you. Here's the great thing about God. God gives you the latitude to make your own decisions. God gives you enough rope to either do what you need to do or wind up hanging yourself. Totally up to you what you want to do with the rope but it's based on the choices that you make. I have family members that tell me, oh, you know, it's really easy to believe in God if I were you. You know, you're, you've been successful at what you, you've accomplished in life. You got a wife that loves you. You got kids that love you. You got kids that, that are trying to do the right thing. It's easy for you. You know, you got a lot of friends. You got a church family that, that you care about and cares about you. It's easy to follow God based on what you've done. And then the answer is always the same. All of the things that I have, first of all, were given to me as a gift from God. I didn't do anything to get them myself. But secondly, everything that I treasure and hold so dear is based on the choices that I've made throughout my life. My son Thatcher is 25 years old. He serves on our church staff here. Um, he's not a perfect kid, let me say that. Uh, if you wanna know what that means, I'll be happy to fill you in later. Uh, but uh, not a perfect kid. 
But here's the thing. Angela and I made a decision 19 years ago that every time there's a church service, our family will be there and we're gonna be committed to the things of God and we're gonna teach our children to be committed to the things of God. Fast forward 20 years later, oh, great kid you got, you know? You guys do, do such a great job with your kids. Hey, I haven't done nothing but just follow the Bible. That's it. God's done the work. If anybody gets credit for it, it's God. I just followed the path that I was given. I just made a decision to make right choices. When I saw kids that he went to school with, I would say, hey, stay away from that kid over there. He's no good. <laughs> my, my son, uh, we were talking a few, a few months ago, and he said, Dad, I remember when I was in, in fifth grade and you told me that I wasn't allowed to play with this kid on the playground. I go, yeah. And he goes, I didn't understand at the time. I was like, what's the big deal? The kid was bringing knives to school in fifth grade, first of all, uh, but that was beside the point. He goes, I didn't get it at the time. And he goes, but now he's got like two different kids from two different moms and he's divorced and he's using drugs and stuff like that. This kid's 25 years old. He says, he's wrecked his life already. And he goes, I get it now. What happened? I just try to make good choices and teach my kids to make good choices. That's it. But here's the thing. Should Thatcher, should my son Van one of these days decide to go their own way and do their own thing? Let me just tell you this. The rug will get pulled out from under them and every blessing that they've ever received, they'll see turned to cursing. Why? That's what the Bible says. You get to make your own choice. God has one warning. Walk your own path and you'll be cursed. Joshua chapter 24, verse number 19, and Joshua said unto the people, you cannot serve the Lord God for he's a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn. Here's what the Bible says. He will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that, he had done you good. Hey, every blessing that you've ever gotten from God, you turn your back on him, it's gone. And people say, that's so harsh of God to do that. Why is he so mean? Gives you good stuff and then takes it away. Here's the thing. God is a loving father that cares for you and wants to see you make it. If I tell my kids to wear the seatbelt in the car, it's not because I'm a jerk or because I'm mean. It's because I don't want them to die. If I tell my kids to stay away from, from drugs and alcohol, it's not because I want to ruin their life. It's because I don't want them to die. If I... If I tell my children not to engage in premarital sex, which is what the Bible says, this is not, a, a, again, an old conservative guy, what he thinks is what the Bible says, it's not to do them hurt, it's to give them the greatest blessing that will come from their future marriage. Why? It's just what the Bible says. But if you choose to do drugs and, and drink and have multiple sexual partners and get yourself an STD and, and hire a prostitute and look at pornography and stuff like that, let me just tell you, it will not end well because God's trying to protect you. God's not the type of person that when you cross him, he's gonna make sure that he cuts you off. God's like, no, 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 follow my path. I've got good stuff for you. But the choice is really up to you. Up to you. Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 11. The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful, and at the end of the mirth is heaviness. The Bible says, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end is really just death and destruction. Take a look at that verse again. It says, even with laughter, there's heaviness. Have you ever done something that you feel so guilty and rotten about, and you try to laugh, and you realize you're just a fake and a phony and a hypocrite? That's what the Bible says. No shock. The Bible says that that comes from that type of living. And God, again, doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to do you good. He wants to give you blessings. He doesn't want to curse you. So now we get to our choose your own adventure moment. For those of you that didn't read the book, this is where you get to make your decision. What are you gonna do? Totally up to you. You can, letter A, follow God's plan for your life, or you can choose, letter B, continue on the path of trial and error. Yeah, I'll just keep working it out until I get it right. Maybe you've said or you've heard somebody say before, well, life doesn't come with an instruction booklet. You just got to figure it out as you go. That sounds really noble, but the, the fact of the matter is life came with an instruction booklet and it's called the Bible. And you don't have to figure it out as you go. It's not a matter of trial and error. 
And so, based on your choice, here's what you get from it. The verses that you find underneath there, for letter A that you see there, that's those that chose to follow God's plan for their life. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then, if you do what God says, he will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. <laughs> Great note about the Bible. The word success is found in the Bible one time. That's it. Only once. In order it's found, Joshua 1.8, what we just read. And if you want success, the only place in the Bible that it says the word success, it says this, follow what God said. Simple as that. If you want your way to be prosperous, just follow what God said. Simple as that. Proverbs 13, 25, for those that choose path B to just continue on a path of trial and error until you figure it out. The righteous eateth to the satisfying of his soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. What this says, the man that does right, he's satisfied by what he has. He's content. But the person that doesn't follow God's plan, they're always looking for the next thing. They're always looking for something that will satisfy, something that will fulfill. Maybe it's this relationship. Maybe it's this job. Hey, maybe it's that new place that we can move into. Hey, maybe it's just to get off of this rock. I need to get back to the mainland. I want to go to, to Texas where I can buy 15 acres of land and buy a 3,000 square foot house with a three-car garage. Then all of my problems will be over. Hey, what you find is wherever you go, there you are. And it's not a matter of finding a different address or a change of scenery. It's about a matter of following what God says. The belly of the wicked shall want. Proverbs 13, 15, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. You know, follow God's plan. He'll give you favor, his undeserved blessing upon your life. But you want to go your own way? Life will be hard. And here's the crazy part about it. It's not just you that's affected by this. It's every person that you touch. If you're a parent, here's what the Bible says. The just man walketh uprightly and his children are blessed after him. How about that? If I do what God says, it means my kids will be blessed. Hmm. But if I don't do what God says, that means my kids will be, what's the logical conclusion? Cursed. Wow, that's heavy. This is big stuff. How do I fix it? Just choose to walk God's path. Simple as that. But here's the thing. This life is short. And even if they've been around any length of time, I've met somebody who we would say have died before their time. They went too early, man. They were with us for too short of a time and they died before their time. Hey, here's the thing. It's coming for everybody. The survival rate of human life is 0%. Think about that for a minute. The mortality rate is 100%. We will all die. So what we're trying to do is this short time that we have on life, make it as fruitful as possible by following God's path. But... There's coming a day when all of this on earth is over and done with. The Bible says this. This is heavy stuff. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Every single person in this room, every single person on planet earth, when you die, you'll stand before God one day. Every single one of us. And the question is, are you prepared for that? The Bible says that there's two places when we go. There's heaven, and then there's hell. That's it. There's no purgatory. There's no place in between. There's not a place where other people go. There's two places, heaven and hell, simple as that. And what if where we spend eternity were as simple as one simple choice? What about that? Where you spend eternity is not a matter of do you do the right thing every day. It's not a matter of do you attend enough church. It's not a matter of did you obey all God's commandments to the letter T. What if it's just about one simple choice? That's what the Bible says. You see, I want you today to think about the choices that you're making in life, but I want you to think most importantly about the choice that you've made for what happens after this life because that's the most important. 
God has one condition. Your sin must be paid for. One condition, that's it. Bible says in Romans chapter three, verse number 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means you've sinned, I've sinned, we're all in the same boat together. If you have a mother and father, then you are a sinner. If you're breathing today, you are a sinner. And so I hope it brings great comfort for you to know that you're in a room full of sinners this morning. So I'm not singling anybody out. You're welcome to the club, right? But here's the thing. God has a condition for that. You've got to pay for it. You can't just continue to do wrong again and again and again and then just accept, expect it to be swept under the rug. You cannot continue to disobey God and expect God to just, ah, that's fine, don't worry about it. Not a big deal. It is a big deal to God. So big of a deal that the Bible says in Romans chapter six, verse number 23, for the wages of sin is death. That the price of your sin, the price of my sin is somebody has to die to pay for it. And you say, not a big deal. You already said we're all gonna die anyways. The Bible says that's the first death. The Bible says there's coming a second death after that. And the death that the Bible speaks of when it says the wages of sin is death is the fact that you will have to die physically, then stand before God, and he will condemn you to eternal death. This is heavy, but I'm gonna tell you because I love you, in a place called hell. That's a real deal. But somebody's gotta pay. You see, the question that I have for you today is who's gonna pay for your sin? Somebody's gotta pay. Let me tell you this, I cannot pay for your sin, I wish that I could. You know why? Because I have my own sin to pay for. I got my own tab that's running that I'm gonna have to settle up with one day and I couldn't pay for your sin if I wanted to. This church cannot pay for your sin. No church in the world could pay for your sin. You can't be baptized enough to pay for your sin. You can't do enough good stuff to outweigh your sin. It just doesn't work that way. The Bible says that you sin against God, you're guilty before him, and you gotta pay. Think of it this way. If you get uh, pulled over for speeding, and you go to, the, to see the judge, the judge says, were you speeding or not? You say, I was speeding. He says, okay, you anything else to say? I'm a really good guy. All right, that's good. Do you have anything that pertains to the case? Yeah, yeah. I go to church sometimes, too. Okay, that's good. And uh, I try not to speak too much, but just uh, every now and then. Okay, you got anything else? Are you guilty or not? You're guilty and you're gonna have to pay the price. Your sin, somebody's gotta pay. And you're welcome to pay for it if you like, but it's not gonna be pretty. It's, it's, it's really ugly. Again, if you take a look at your notes, Revelation chapter 20, verse number 13. These are some of the harshest words in all of the Bible, but I'm saying it to you today again because I love you and I want you to hear this. This talks about when people stand before God after they have died on this earth and stand before God in judgment. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's it. This is the only way that you and I can pay for our own sin. That's it. I will have to die and go to hell. For how long? Forever. No second chances, no getting out. Notice the Bible didn't say the wages of sin is church membership. The wages of sin is being a better person. The wages of sin is doing better. The wages of sin is death. That's what you've got to pay. And I cannot pay for you. But God loves you so much that he wants to make another way. He loves you so much that he wants you to be with him. He doesn't want you to have to go to hell. He doesn't want you to spend eternity separated from him. He wants you to go to heaven when you die. So the second option is you can accept Jesus' payment for your sin. Romans chapter five, verse number eight says, but God commendeth or demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ, beautiful words, Christ died for us. I was supposed to die. Jesus says, I'll go for him. And how can Jesus pay for our sins? But I couldn't because Jesus never sinned. He was God in the flesh. He never sinned one single time. So he didn't owe God anything for his sin debt. 
He was able to pay for ours. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 21 says that he hath made him to be sin, speaking of Jesus, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, if you accept Jesus' payment for your sin today, he looks at you and he says, you're righteous. It's just like you've never sinned before. You're perfect. You're without spot. You're without blemish. And when you die, God will say, hey, look, your name's written in my book. You have a reservation. Jesus has already paid the price. You're not going to hell. You're coming to heaven with me forever. Because of what you've done, oh, no, 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 despite what you've done. Oh, because I went to church? No, no, despite the fact that you went to church, because of Jesus, and you say, I'm willing to allow him to pay for my sin. I'm willing to receive this gift of eternal life. First John chapter two, verse number two says, and he is the propitiation. That's a big Bible word, but it basically boils down to he is the satisfactory payment for our sins. And not for ours only, but the sins of the whole world. Hey, look, I don't know what sin you're involved with or you've been involved with, but let me tell you this, Jesus is enough. You've never done anything that would cause God to not love you, not be able to forgive you. He is enough, and not just enough for you, but enough for the entire world. So, this is the most critical choose-your-adventure moment of your life. What will you do? Will you, letter A, accept Jesus' payment for your sin and put your faith in Jesus as your Savior? Or will you, B, pay for your own sin? And you look at this and you go, well, this is a no-brainer, isn't it? Believe it or not, it's not a no-brainer. Because for you to choose choice A this morning, to put your faith in Jesus, you have to say, I know that I've sinned against God. I know it. I know that I cannot make it to heaven on my own with my religion or my good works or the good things that I do. I cannot make it to heaven on my own. And I believe that Jesus Christ paid for my sins and is the only way to heaven. And that requires a lot of humility on our part to be able to say, I don't have enough. I'm not good enough. I'll never make it to heaven on my own. I need someone to save me. But I'm telling you this, if there's never been a point in time in your life where you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are in letter B. And you might say, I just need a little bit more time to think about it. That's okay, but don't take too long because you're still choosing letter B today. To not make a choice about Jesus is to already make your choice. Well, I don't want to choose Jesus today, so you're rejecting. Well, I'm not like outright rejecting, but you're not choosing, therefore you're rejecting. Simple as that. But let's take a look at what the Bible says based on the things that we choose. John chapter three, verse number 36. For those that choose letter A, I put my faith in Jesus to save me. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. You will never die. The moment that your physical Life on this earth ends, your eternal life begins forever and nobody can ever take that away from you because he that hath the son hath life. But if you choose letter B to go your own way, he that believeth not the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. That when you die, the wrath of God, God's anger and his judgment will be poured out for you for all of eternity in a place called hell. That's terrible. Why would someone choose this? Because they can't come to the point of faith. Romans chapter six, verse number 23, for the wages of sin is death. For those that choose letter B to pay your own price, you're gonna die and you're gonna die a second time and be separated from God for all of eternity. But if you choose Jesus, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. These are promises from God's word. This is not what I think. This is not what the Baptist church thinks. This is not what, uh, what this or that. This is what the Bible says. Every single one of these are verses from the Bible. You're welcome to take them home and read them through them if you like. This is not about how to join our church. It's not how to be a Baptist. Nobody's gonna contact you and tell you that you need to get baptized or call you asking for money or anything like that. This has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with where will you spend eternity if you choose letter B, we already read that. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 13. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. But you know, if you keep reading the book of Revelation, it talks about after this life is over, after this world is over, after sin has been judged once and for all. Revelation chapter 21, 
It says, for those that choose to put their faith in Jesus, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there'll be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, the former things are passed away. For those of us that have made our choice to put our faith in Jesus, the Bible says that we are saved, saved from hell, saved from the penalty of our sin. Jesus is our savior. I know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, when I die, I'm going to heaven. Not because I'm a good person, because I'm not. I'm a sinner. But because Jesus has forgiven this sinner. And now I have a promise of eternal life. And there's coming a day where there'll be no more sorrow, no more sadness, no more death, no more crying. And God will wipe away every last tear and we will ever be with the Lord, the Bible says. We'll always be with Jesus. We had a man that uh, attended our church some of you know uh, Jim and Melissa Sablon. They used to sit back over here in the back left-hand corner. Uh, they're from Saipan. They would come here for medical treatments and go back to Saipan uh, from time to time. I got an uh, email from uh, Melissa last week that Jim had passed away. And I just saw Jim back in probably August or so. He gave me a hug on his way out. And he said, he said I'll see you in December, Pastor. Excited to get back. Man, love it, Jim. Gave him a hug. And I could be bummed out by that. But you know what the Bible says? There's coming a day where I'll never have to say goodbye to Jim. There's coming a day where we won't cry anymore. We won't feel bad anymore. We'll never sin ever again. And we'll be with God and Jesus Christ and all those that are his children forever. That's what I want. That's what I want for you. But I can't want it for you. It's something you have to choose for yourself. Jesus said this in John chapter three, verse number three. Jesus answered and said to him, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The word born again there is critical. You must put your faith in Jesus Christ if you plan to go to heaven. Well, I'll just work it out when I get there. You can't make it that way. You must be born again. That means coming to the point of putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says when you do that, you become a new person. Your life really begins at that point. Well, uh, I'm just gonna try everything out and then maybe if I get to that point, then I'll make that decision. You never know when that point will be. I had people tell me before, oh, I'll make that decision before I die. And I always ask the question, when are you going to die? You got a date on the calendar somewhere? You don't know. It could be today. And I want you to know this, there's no way other, to other way to heaven than Jesus. That's it. Oh, well, I believe that there's many paths to heaven. Not what the Bible says. And let me just tell you this. If you think you're going to heaven apart from Jesus, you're on the 10 East headed to Seattle. You're not gonna make it. Oh, but he's really sincere in what he believes. You can be sincerely wrong. Well, he's a really good guy. He doesn't break the speed limit. He's going the wrong direction. But, but he's really sincere about it. He's going the wrong direction. You know the worst part about life? You get one chance at it, that's it. When you make a bad decision in life, you don't get to flip back to the chapter and choose another option. You don't get to do over. You don't hit, you get to hit control Z. You're stuck with it. So make better decisions. Just follow what God said. The Bible tells us exactly what we need to live a blessed life. And again, blessed does not mean financial prosperity. It means having something inside of you that money can't buy. It means having a peace that you know for sure when it's, your time is up on this earth that you'll be in heaven for all of eternity. The worst thing in the world is to go to a funeral of a person that didn't know Jesus. And you gotta sit there and people say, well, they're in a better place now. And you say, no, they're not. Well, you can't say that. I can't say if somebody's saved or not, but I know that someone that rejects Jesus when they die is definitely not in a better place. Oh, their, their pain is over now. No, no, no. If they were not a believer, their pain is just beginning. And I don't say that to people or I don't try to be ugly or make a scene at funerals, but it's just hard to sit through a funeral knowing that these people are apart from God and they're in the worst suffering of their life and people try to find comfort from God at that time. There's no comfort to be found. I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt before you walk out those double doors in the back today that you know for sure that your sins are forgiven and that heaven is your home. It's the most important decision you'll make because get this. You could follow God's rules for life. Oh, I'm not gonna do things against the Bible. I'm gonna go to church. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing. I'm gonna give money to the church. I'm gonna do good to my neighbor. 
I'm going to stop cursing. I'm going to stop watching movies that I shouldn't. I'm going to stop looking at pornography and do all those things. But if you don't put your faith in Jesus, when you die, you're still going to hell. So you can do everything right in this life. If you reject Jesus, you had a good life, moral life, but your eternal suffering just begins. Here's the crazy part about the flip side of it. You can disobey God at every turn that you want and make a mess of your life, make a wreck of your life, rebel against God. But at the end of your days, if your faith and trust is in Jesus Christ, you get to go to heaven. You'll be disappointed when you see God, how you've wasted your life. God's gonna do what he can to get a hold of you and to bring you back to him. But know this, the most important decision you will ever make in this life is what happens in your eternity. Because death waits for no man. Hey, look, I hope all of us live to be 112, rocking our great-grandkids on the front porch, drinking sweet tea after having a double waffle and bacon at Waffle House. I hope that happens for everybody in this room. But the likelihood of that, very slim, very slim. But here's what I know. When it's my time up on this earth, hey, I'm in heaven with Jesus forever. Don't sweat me. Hey, get a bunch of people together and tell them about the most important thing in my life, that I love Jesus and how they can know Jesus and be in heaven. Please do that. Don't cry for me. I'm good to go. I don't fear death because I know my sins are forgiven. Do you have that same assurance this morning? Do you know for sure that heaven's your home when you die? If you say, yeah, I, I do. There's been a time in my life where I've been saved or I've been born again. I know for sure if I die today that heaven's my home. Good. Are you living a blessed life where you're obeying God's word? I don't talk to you about casually obeying it. Deuteronomy, we looked at this morning, said diligently, every day, Every part of my life, I want to obey God because that's where you find God's blessings from. And if your life's a mess, it's chaos, nothing's working out the way that you have it planned, everything's falling apart, you need to step back and ask yourself, am I following God's design? Am I making the right choices? And let me just tell you this, sometimes you'll make the right choices and everything still falls apart. That's called life. But know this, God promises just do what I say, you'll be blessed. Again, most important thing in the world, if you're here today and you do not know for sure that heaven is your home when you die, do not leave here until you know for sure that your sins are forgiven. For those of us that say, I'm saved, let's make good choices this week and expect God to be good to his word. Thanks for joining us for the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast. We'd love to have you as our guest this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You'll find exciting classes for your keiki, a welcoming church family, and a message from the Bible that's sure to encourage your heart. Join us this Sunday. You belong here.